time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How are you doing? You know you know what? Um oh first of all, just listen listen. You you should be helping to support this because we need we need free media and we need like free speech and we need all this stuff. So thanks for listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit on Radio Free Brooklyn and go to our Patreon page and Throw in a couple of bucks. It'll make you feel good. And it'll make us feel good, too. That sounds like an ad. Anyway, so here's the deal. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Valentine's Day because I know uh, that's a really emotional holiday. So I was a little pissed off at my husband, frankly. I hope he's listening right now so he knows that that he was right in thinking that I was pissed off. And uh, he'd been away. Never mind. And I uh, just didn't feel like, you know, he appreciated me enough. So I told him that uh, I would like to get a necklace for Valentine's Day this year, that I thought it was time he got me a present, and that I wanted to feel appreciated. And I got to tell you, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you, Phil, if you're listening. I was a little bit, it was a little test that I thought maybe you would, might fail if I, if I had to be really honest, which I am. I hope we're not getting a divorce after this, but that's the truth. And the guy fucking came through, man. He came through with this really, really, really amazing, beautiful necklace. And we had a great night. We went out. We had a couple of drinks. We had a, we got dressed up. Nothing like, super super fab you know i'm not talking you know like major reser but we had a really simple and a really fabulous night and not only that fuck all of you i got this awesome necklace so what i want you to know particularly ladies is the guy wants to make you happy he just needs a little bit of direction and look how great that was for our relationship right phil yeah i know you were happy uh the outcome of that so uh speaking of women uh i have this great uh team these two women here they're staring at me right now uh they're really fabulous they're good looking you would love them and they're here alone in this room with me but we're i want there this is going to be well what they do is i think they're doing important work i'm going to say that i'm going to say that i'm going to try and explain this there's this one woman here, Holly Payne Strange. Hi, Holly. Hi. Uh, she's from uh, London originally, and she is she she's sort of the playwright. But what she's done is edited together these different scenes from Shakespeare, and she's made a play called "The Will to Fight Women in Shakespeare," and we're gonna talk a little bit about that and then we're going to talk about you know how fucked up the situation between men and women are too and how we're all affected by it but never mind and then she brought one of her fabulous uh actresses named charlotte smart who i found out is also a goddamn like encyclopedia <laughs> expert on shakespeare so let's say hi charlotte hello and these ladies are, I'm telling you right now, I'm feeling a little intimidated because these ladies are really, really educated and they know all this shit. And I think they might be a little serious, although I see them smiling. 
I'm a little intimidated because these ladies know their shit and they're really educated, but I think we can handle this. Do you do you guys think everything's going to be okay? Oh yeah. Absolutely. How are you feeling right now? Are you nervous? You were nervous when you walked in. You look better now. My mother always said I had a face for radio and a voice for one too. How I'm about, kidding. No, she didn't. She also said I had a face for the silver screen. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh! We got I'm a kidding. potential movie star here. And uh, hi, mom. Holly, are you Holly? You were, are you feeling good now? You, I, you, you know, when you walked in, I'm going to tell you this. When you walked in, you look really serious, and then after a while, you seem to relax. Is that was? It, am I reading you right? Yeah, I think so. I'm really excited about this. I, you know, I want it to mm-hmm. go well. I, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because Charlotte's mom is listening, and all my good friends. Okay, okay. Well, we'll see if. Uh, Anyway, one of them just asked me why I'm texting her. I've got two really no texting during the show. Put your fucking phone away. I won't have that. Anyway, the thing is, is that uh, that's my husband, Phil. I I throw rides about that. The thing is, is that um, I am really excited to have these women here and I'm excited to be talking about these issues and stuff like that. But I want them to explain you what the what the thinking and what the play is about. So, Holly, why don't you uh, explain your thinking and your idea and inspiration for this play? Well, as you said, it's called uh, The Will to Fight, Women in Shakespeare. And recently I've been seeing a lot of us have been talking about gender and gender relations. uh, But for me, talking just isn't enough. You know, you can put things on Facebook and it doesn't, doesn't do anything, Facebook. I wanted to take the conversation that, uh, you know, a lot of people were having, even just me and my friends, even if that was it. I wanted to take that and I wanted to put it on stage. I wanted to take the next step. I wanted to, I'm a very action orientated person. Um, so basically, this whole production just asks the question of what, how do we relate to each other? What do we want from each other? What should we change? You know, it's meant to have been open dialogue between the genders and it's meant to be a space to just, have fun and explore this mm-hmm. topic. And I and you had told me we had we had a chat before. You told me that you're going to be people are going to be asked to. There's papers and pencils. People are going to be asked to write their thoughts. Right? Yeah, you're always welcome to come up to the actors or myself and start a verbal discussion. But or you know with the other audience members. But if you're not comfortable doing that, there'll be pens and papers around for you to write. So are you curious to find out, like, what questions do you have? What cur- you're curious to find out what people think about ge- their gender issues or what what, are, what questions do you, do you imagine? Well, um, coming up, this is probably flavored by the rehearsals we've been having recently. But most recently I had an Othello, not Othello, sorry, Hamlet. I'm doing so yeah, many shows. Yeah, get it right, damn it. <laughs> it's a Hamlet rehearsal. Yeah, I just t- sold you on being experts. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's the scene where Ophelia is singing a song uh, and it comes out that Hamlet had sex with her and now is refusing to marry her because she's not a virgin. Uh, and is probably pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> probably is. And that brings mm. up for me loads of questions about consent. Like, Ophelia mm. probably consented in the first place when she thought she was going to get married. Mm. But when he made that switch, then she obviously didn't want that. And it's just, mm. it's a very confusing topic. That's my, that's my favorite one at the moment. Oh, that's very interesting. So now, Charlotte, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you, don't go off. 
Okay. Because you're the you are an expert. I know this. I know this. <gasps> I want to go to one of your uh, talks about Shakespeare, but this is not it. <laughs> no, I want you. We were talking about this a little bit before about um, the and and it was illuminating for me about how uh, Shakespeare is a big part of his genius was actually understanding and being able to illuminate the basics of human nature, which are still true today. So could you like just. Oh, yeah. My favorite. Expand on that a little bit, a little bit. Okay, well, uh, a lot of Shakespeare kind of rests on people being people and what makes people tick and what brings people together and who they are at their base values and how gender, the genders function with each other. Multiple genders, not just two. You can make many arguments for Shakespeare. And all of that said, when you step back, you have you don't have these black and white characters. You have these very morally complex people being people at, you know, their, their most base, but also at their most glorious. And that says a lot about how we act today and how we talk about Shakespeare today as well. So would you say that Shakespeare, his work is a good example of how basic human nature is because it's as true today as it was in his day, that it's really kind of biological? Oh, he's the best example. Yeah. He's Shakespeare. So I, I, I just got that. See, I'm already educated now. I feel I'm almost as educated as you guys now. I got it. No, but I think it's really, really interesting. And, you know, I'm going to ask you about this, um, Holly, because a minute ago when we were talking about you were saying that you were it sounded like you were influenced by the actual rehearsals. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely. In- so tell me, tell us about what's happening there like just actually bringing the play to life. And by the way, it opens March 3rd, you guys, at the Unruly Collective, which is out here in Brooklyn on 200 Cooper Street. Go to the unrulycollective.com and get tickets because it's only going to be a very, very short run. And if you don't get tickets now, I can see uh, I can see that Charlotte's dialing all her friends and they're going to be getting tickets. What did I say to you, Charlotte, Sorry. about texting? Okay, Holly. Um, yeah, definitely. I I picked basically my favorite Shakespeare scenes and ones that I thought were relevant. But theater is so interactive. The important thing is that you talk to people about it, and the actors are bringing their their own ideas, their own thoughts. Particularly scenes that have men in them. It's they have a completely different perspective, and it's just fascinating to talk to more and more people about this. So, have the rehearsals changed your ideas? in any way or influenced your ideas from what you originally expected or thought? Uh, I would say so. In yeah. what way? What, what have you learned so far? Well, um, one of the first rehearsals I had was for the play As You Like It. And we're doing a very interesting scene between uh, two, well, one woman, a man, and then a woman that's pretending to be a man. Um, and I picked it because it's kind of, it's light, it's funny. Uh, but one of the actors brought up that the woman pretending to be a man treats the woman horribly. Uh, and the women can be really dreadful to each other when it comes to fighting over men a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just something, you know, I'd never noticed in my reading mm-hmm. of it. And they brought it up and that, yeah, that changed the staging. That changed the way I treated it. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, that is a big problem that I don't think is discussed nearly enough is, I mean, uh, we can get into this later. It's one of my favorite topics, but how... A lot of the Me Too movement, all this stuff, women 
are a lot more responsible for what's going on between men and women than they are made out to be in the media. Mm-hmm. That's my pet peeve. Um, so, Charlotte, what about you? What what has you? You're in how many scenes? You're not in the whole play. I am. You should be sad. Though, right? Oh, thank you. I think so too. Do you think I, you could talk uh, uh, Holly out of firing some of the other actors right now? Let me play the lion's part too. Okay. So, what what about you? You're in three of the scenes. I'm in two scenes. Two scenes. So, what have you? What has changed? What have you learned so far from doing the rehearsals? Well, just yesterday, Holly and I had our first rehearsal for the final monologue in Taming mm-hmm. of the Shrew, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a notorious play. It's abusive. It's brutal. It's just terrible in so many ways, especially building up to this final monologue when. Our protagonist, a uh, former saucy wench, Katerina, has had the spirit literally beaten out of her. And she's just kind of dragged onto the stage, a submissive pulp of human nothing. Mm. And we are working with that scene. And it's just mm-hmm. this really emotionally intense mm-hmm. scene showing, uh, you know, it's it's so easy to praise shakespeare mm-hmm. for his positive treatment of women you have beatrice in much ado about mm-hmm. nothing is a great example of this mm-hmm. but at the same time because you know he wrote about people the humanist that he was you also have you know women treated horribly because unfortunately that's, well, that's all inter- too real that's what's interesting is that shakespeare was able to write about women in a very positive way and also in a negative way which is what holly was saying earlier is that it's a great opportunity to juxtapose those sides both sides in one production uh so are you are you the one Who's being treated that way? Is he oh. your character? Oh, yes. I am oh, so thrown the one... onto the stage really? on my knees, miserable, manic, laughing, oh. and then, a, you know, a collapsed pile that, on the floor. That it's sounds great. like a really fun role. I oh, mean, yeah. Well, I feel so happy and light when I leave. But you, well, it sounds very <laughs> uh, dramatic. Uh, so how how do you feel? Like, how have you been feeling? How, how did you feel in the rehearsal? Like, did you feel the way you thought you were going to feel? Or what did you learn there? I ate all my emotions immediately after. Um, it, it was intense. It was, I mean, Holly and I had some really great conversations uh-huh. during the rehearsal process about, well, how can we think about this and how can we do this? And it's intense because, you know, as an actor, you have to play many roles and roles whose experiences are not your own. So taking that on, taking on mm-hmm. someone else's baggage is a very intense experience. So I was, you know, as this monologue goes and I'm throwing myself around, I, you know, with a like, you know, a black eye and I'm like bound at the end. Mm-hmm. It's intense. It's a really emotionally exhausting process. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I mean, it's fabulous because art is fabulous. No, but how do you, but like, um, did you, do you feel it's demeaning, right? The monologue is absolutely demeaning. And I cannot stand when anyone says that it's a snarky tongue in cheek monologue. It's not. Do you, do you feel demeaned? No, because I'm an actor. But, but you're, but still, what do you think? What do you think, Holly? Do you think it's, do you think the act? Do you think she's telling the truth? Do you think there's some kind of like, how can you separate? I'm wondering if you can really separate yourself. What do you think? I absolutely think she's telling the truth. I think it is a difficult monologue uh, and we are still working on it. So there are bits she's still struggling with. For instance, um, 
it's a hysterical monologue. So there are some moments where she sort of breaks out into laughter. Um, but she's had a difficult time not smiling throughout it. And I think that that's a, uh, it's a way to sort of protect yourself. So I think, I think she's being very honest in what she's saying. But it is, it's difficult. Do you, think, do you think that um, she's protecting herself a little bit? You think maybe, you know, that's what an actor, ha- a good actor has to do so that they don't eat eat up or swallow up all those emotions or feel them all. Is that difficult? I think what actors do is very difficult. Uh, and I think it's a balance you have to get. You know, you hear of some actors that just go insane over some roles, but you do have to to get to that interesting point. And I feel very protective of my actors. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I almost didn't do this monologue, actually, because I wasn't sure that I would find a, an actor that I really thought was up for it. But I think that Charlotte is. Um, and I think that if we work together and, you know, we're both open about how it's going and mm-hmm. how we're feeling, then I think we can make something really great. Yeah. Yay! You know what? Charlotte, you seem like an extremely resilient person to me. Thank you. Are you? I hope so. What, is that because your mother like is really supportive of you? Oh, she is very supportive. We have everything planned out for when I win my Tony and how I'm going to thank her. That's great. So that's part that helps, right? You get, a, oh, yeah. I, you got a lot of support. I can tell, I, right? I love my family. I love my friends. They're my biggest cheerleaders. That's so awesome. No, it's great. You must give them a lot too. I hope so. So. Holly, how many, you're working with 12 actors, right? Yeah. And how many in each scene or how many would you be with all at one time? The most is three actors at once. Mm-hmm. And how are those dynamics coming along? How, what is that like? I'm very impressed with my actors, honestly. As I said, I think I said, they have a very short amount of rehearsal time and these mm-hmm. are really difficult texts. Mm-hmm. They've never really met each other before uh, and they just... They go in and they make magic and I guide them, I direct them. But really, I'm just seeing really talented actors and I'm glad to be working with all of them. Wow. That's amazing that you guys can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk, let's talk, let's talk about like, let's talk about how this is, ha- what's happening here on a day-to-day basis as far as you guys go. So what, what, are you guys single, straight, married, Holly, you have a hyphenated last name. Is that really your last name, like Payne Strange? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, so are you married, single, hetero? What are you? I'm bi and uh, I'm in a wonderful relationship. My name actually comes from my parents, both of who um, are very you know, into equality. My mom is Wendy Payne. My dad is Nick Strange. Mm-hmm. That's why you have a hyphenated last yeah, name. Yeah. So are you in a relationship with a male or a female? Um, with a man right now. With a man. Have you had any long-term relationships with a woman? Uh, not long-term, no. I've, I've I've been on dates and things like that. But. Right, right. And how about you, Charlotte? Are you in a relationship? No, I'm not. No. It's, it's all ambiguous. Oh, okay. Um, are you heterosexual? I'm bi. Are you? Okay. Would have you had long-term relationships with either men or women? Yeah. I Again, I tend to keep uh, close and personal about that sort of thing. But. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? You're an actor. And actually, there must be really like weird to have all those. You're an actor. And I imagine you get uh, cast in a lot of serious productions, meaning meaningful productions. Right? I'm a clown. 
Are you? Yeah, I do clown work. I'm a Commedia dell'arte clown. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Wow, you're a, uh, a combination of a lot of things. I just do whatever comes my way and have fun with it. Holly, what, what attracted you to um, giving, uh, why did you decide, what about Charlotte made you want to give her the role that asked her to do the role? Uh, well, as she said, she's actually doing two roles. The other role is very comedic and very physical. Uh, and she she portrayed that really well in her audition. She was just all over the place in the best way. Uh, so that really, but Tammy of the Shrew, it's not, the ending isn't comedic at all. But you do need to have a really good sense of your body, of your options, because it's so, it's tough, as we keep saying. Um, so you would say that Charlotte has a lot of physical um, ability with her acting. Yeah, And that definitely. had a lot to do with it. And that can be really tough. Actors can tend to like shut down and get small. Yeah. Um, but she, she doesn't. She does the opposite. Right. You know what's interesting? I'm thinking right now. It's interesting. Uh, I, I, I really like you both already. Thank and you're you. both really very different and all that. But um, so all of this is in the most positive way. The thing is interesting, Charlotte, is that you seem very private. You're a very effusive person, but you're very private about your personal life, which I respect. Thank you. But I also wonder if in order to be an actress, if you have to like be so emotionally available in public, if that's why it's kind of part and parcel of the reason why you like are comfortable, why you want to. And I respect this. I wish I was more like this, keeping your personal life private. I mean, I hope people, when they see me perform or they see the plays I've written, are there to see my art and not to get some little piece of my gossip. My personal life is indeed that. It's Mm -hmm. personal. But I also wonder if you have a really good way of making bonds with people where you don't feel the need to put that out in public. Oh, I love people. But I mean, you, you seem like you have a really good network of very close people. I really do. I have some really supportive people who knew and know everything about me and that they're the people that can know so holly how well do you know how well do you know charlotte not that well personally yet yeah no not that well uh met her at the audition Uh then we had one rehearsal and now we're meeting (laughs) do you imagine her like surrounded by people like going like supporting her like having lots of friends do people show up do you learn a lot about people oh yeah you learn a lot about them uh-huh. yeah she's mentioned her her family a lot she's got help um learning the lines for the monologues she's talked about them a lot yeah who do you think on the cast can i ask you this who do you think you've gotten to know the best so far um is there anyone that sticks in your head you don't even have to name them or just name some tell me something about getting to know somebody that surprised you or like what you've learned Maybe if you can. Yeah, um, that's quite a difficult question, actually. Because yeah, that's all... what we specialize in here. <laughs> uh, I tell okay. Yeah, I've really enjoyed getting to know all mm-hmm. of my actors. How long have you been? Mm-hmm. Um, but in particular, uh, I've had the most rehearsals with uh, someone called Kendall, who's actually again really physical. That's one of the things I look for, uh, and her. Her ability to separate life from what's going on um, from from rehearsal is been really impressive for me. Hmm. 
Oh, because she's got a lot going on in her. She's doing ophelia, which is uh, very tough. Oh. <laughs> Besides this, I don't know. This whole thing, this whole Shakespeare thing is a mystery to me, how anybody can do any of it, really, frankly. So, Holly, I want to find out about your ideas about men and women and what's going on in the dialogue out in the world right now. What's your thoughts about what's going on? Oh, boy. Um, Well, I have a lot of thoughts. I think that men and women are too harsh on each other, um, for one thing. I, as a director, I meet a lot of really fantastic people. And I think the thing that I learn overall is just that, in general, people want to do the right thing. Most men, actually, as you were saying before, most men really want to have that connection, that relationship. They just don't always know how. Mm -hmm. And I think that the current conversation that we're having can be a bit confusing for men. I think we're asking a lot of different things Mm, right now. Interesting. but in, like what? Like what? Just well, like I personally, I haven't seen any of my friends ask out men, approach men, make themselves any more available to men. But they're putting up all these walls. Like you know, I don't want to be approached in this way. If I'm out with my friends, then don't talk to me. All of these rules that men don't understand, and these both genders still want that relationship. Mm-hmm. It's just that I think that women are setting boundaries which is great making Mm -hmm. sure that consent is obvious which is great but they're not necessarily i don't think at least giving men a different option well you know i mean it makes me think of like the whole idea of consent hey can i touch your shoulder hey can i touch your breast that's so unromantic Mm -hmm. so i mean i think that whole thing is bullshit i mean i don't think i don't i mean i i can i think consent I don't think anyone should be like pushed into like if some woman doesn't want to like have sex with you, Mm -hmm. she should just make it known and the guy should be cool with that. I believe that is a great way Mm and really important way to go through life. However, I think that this whole conversation about consent is bullshit because what you're trying to do is distill humanity into like a prescribed set of rules and in the bedroom that's ridiculous what do you think what do you guys think i mean i think consent is a really multifaceted conversation and it's not you know the only way to properly give consent is an eager willing yes to anything so do you believe in people like guys should ask women before they touch them i mean and it depends it's purely circumstantial but if someone is uncomfortable with something, it's not their fault that they're uncomfortable with mm-hmm. something. Right. And, you know, they might not even say something right away either. It's a really big, murky, gray situation. And there are lots of ways to go about it. So, you know, I've I've had people say sketchy, awful things to me. I have, you, you know, I've been in weird situations, but... It's not yes or no, black or white. It's everything. Full consent is an eager, full, fully formed yes. Yeah, I think that the problem is, is we're not dealing with, to me, we're not dealing with the basic issues, which are that society has it where women are prey and men are predators. And I mean, the hypocrisy that makes me insane is that there's still like a whole bunch of women who want really aggressive, successful men. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's also another side to that. 
Um, so I think that women are confused as well because they, they go for these alpha guys, but those guys are also the guys who are going to be aggressive with women. Does that make any sense? I think that makes sense to a certain degree. Yeah, I think that women, everyone enjoys flirting. There's no one that doesn't like flirting. And the whole thing about flirting is that you're testing the waters. You don't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. If you just burst right in and just like, hey, Mm-hmm. Do you want to have sex? You would say no, because that's really weird. Right. Um, <laughs> right. It'd be so weird. I think that I would like to see women feel more empowered to say no, at, no matter like what the stage. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to terrify men into following these rules that we might not even want. There needs right. to be a dialogue. Right. Yeah. Right. Everyone right. needs to talk. It's not one person telling one person what to do. It's everyone needs to be in a conversation about, mm-hmm. well, what do we want to do? So awesome. do you think that women are having, are like, that they're like kissing guys and doing things they don't want to do? Yes. they feel like the guy is making them? Or- Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've done them. I'm trying to remember. Jesus. Um, and I think there are plenty of men who feel that they're kissing women because they feel they have to and non-binary people who do that too. It's, again, a really diverse situation and I have a lot of opinions. Um, well, I think also what we're talking about is that uh, sex is, there's power in sex and there's just power that mm-hmm. is used for sex. So we're really talking a lot about power, aren't we? I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what what this whole conversation in society is about now as steve bannon says it's the end of the patriarchy i guess i mean is that what we're really kind of talking about i hope so i want the patriarchy to be over i i want that yes but i also think that that's a very aggressive and intimidating thing to say to men who might feel like they're being attacked i don't I want real equality. I want men and women to be on the same level. I don't want women to be better than men or any other gender. Right. Yeah. And equality is even a weird way to put it because women are better at certain things and men are, I mean, women and men are different. I don't feel like men are in, and I mean, these are huge generalizations, but I don't feel like men are as good as reading subtleties emotional subtleties i think that really varies person to person i'm terrible uh, i actually have facial blindness i don't always recognize photographs of my own boyfriend oh wow so, yeah yeah i can be pretty bad at it sometimes uh i actually often go through full productions without knowing everyone's name which is terrible wow, pretty awesome <laughs> i need to start doing that really but i do do it uh i'm terrible at reading if someone was giving me like <laughs> like just kind of iffy hints you couldn't tell i wouldn't be able to tell no no yeah you either i think there's a lot of um toxic masculinity that ties up in the Mm -hmm. men can't do this this is not what men do and that's also feeds into the attitude that pushes men to act in such aggressive ways because it denies them this kind of sympathy and understanding that is quote-unquote reserved for women which it's not sympathy and love and compassion and gentleness and affection are saved for everyone but telling men oh these aren't things you can recognize and do men don't do this that completely feeds into their heads especially from a young age mm-hmm. like i'm actually like i saw you this mean, i'm sorry like female things like you can't be a nurse well that too but it's anything anything that okay so 
there's this like really silly little commercial that keeps playing and it's two little boys they're really adorable and like i guess one of them has a nut allergy and they have to you know sit apart but then they sit together and it's this whole adorable montage showing them being cute and playing in the way that you know girls toys are marketed Uh of you know frivolous and sweet and cute (laughs) and for so long you know, men are taught from an early age that they can't show that kind of attention and affection to each other. And it completely screws them over because they also think, well, only women can do this. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. where the power dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, emerges. So for so long, we've also been denying men the ability to show compassion and affection. Yes. And I also think that we denied, like, I've had this conversation about testosterone. I think that men have there is like a physical need to be aggressive in some way. I think like either, I think physically, I think sports is good for that. But I think, you know, men, men are biologically made to kill, kill animals with their bare hands, not with, you know, guns. That erases um, trans and non-binary genders admittedly too, and kind of gives into this attitude of, there are there's one kind of man and one kind of woman. Yeah, and you know what? The truth is, there is a lot of, uh, you know, I am speaking in a mostly in a completely binary way, and I'm aware of that. But because the show's like an hour, we, I mean, it's true. It's true. There are so many different ways. You know, we're all in the spectrum and blah, blah, blah. And there's always going to be somebody who's left out when you're having this discussion. And it's hard. And um, people get mad if you don't call them the right gender. And I get that. I mean, I mean I as they that. should. And I get that. But I also think that that's a whole other issue. There, I think that there's a lot going on in this specific conversation. <laughs> yeah, there is. Uh, Sorry. Well, no, that yeah, that's, that's why I love we're talking. having it. Yeah, thank um, you for doing this. I think that there's that you both bring up good points that um, our our biology can really influence what we uh, the direction we tend to lean in. But that's very different from saying like, oh, men have to do this or women aren't allowed to do this. It's fine for there to be a, you know. What's the word? Yes, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I'm talking in, in a really broad way to make points and i want to do a station id and remind everybody that they are listening to radio free brooklyn dr lisa gives a shit and i'm here with two we're having it we're starting to get into this really intense conversation about gender gender fluidity what whether men are supposed to be killing animals or not things like that i'm joking it's okay it's okay but most importantly uh they're both involved in this production of um, a play that is called The Will to Fight Women in Shakespeare that Holly's directing and Charlotte is performing in and it's at the Unruly Collective on 200 Cooper Street and it starts on March 3rd so you should like I want you to know that okay there uh, back to we almost got an argument here Charlotte. I didn't mean to I'm so sorry no no it's okay it's okay I mean I feel I was feeling bad I was feeling like I feel like it's really hard to talk about this whole gender issue because of the idea of that we're not all binary but then you can't even have the conversation but what you were saying Holly actually made a lot of 
sense that um, we biology does make us give us proclivities. But the thing is, I don't think that the fact that men do have some biological drives that are more aggressive or even violent are being addressed in our society. And like, yes, that we are civilized and those men should control them, but we're not acknowledging that they're there. We're making, I feel like men are being shamed about their or maybe they have too much pride about their aggression. I don't know. I don't think that's really open in society. I wonder if it's too par for the course. There's kind of this, you know, like we were saying, expectation for men to act this way. So when they don't act aggressive, oh my God, like they get every insult, you know, known to humanity thrown at them. But also like, what does that say about us? Like, what do you mean? I don't, I, do I feel that way? I'm not sure. What do you mean? I mean, look at our president. Am I allowed to get political? You're allowed to do it. This is Radio Free Brooklyn. We have people giving blowjobs in the studio sometimes. Oh, exciting. I probably shouldn't be telling your mother that. <laughs> Not on my show. But there is so much machismo everywhere. I mean, in our own White House. And it's, you know. I get that. But let's grab her by the pussy. No, I get that. But that's still only like 35% of the electorate. Electorate. I know, but unfortunately, so they're the loudest men. But that's not most men. I don't think most men are like that. I don't either. I think I'm, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the fact that there is this element of nature that men have about being aggressive that society doesn't want to even acknowledge and find a way to make it okay. Does, does that make sense in any way? I think that it's very difficult to talk about gender and biology because there's still a lot that we don't know and there's still a lot we're exploring. But I think in some ways that can also apply to women, you know, mm-hmm. how, I mean, our how our hormones affect us emotionally. That exactly. can be a very, yeah. very sore subject for a lot of us. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that I think we've been dealing with for longer than the, exactly. the male conversation. <laughs> And we don't have any idea how to have that conversation, I don't think. Well, see, that's the whole thing. Because, I mean, I'm here to tell you, ladies, after menopause and no more PMS, I became a lot more stable. And this is me <laughs> stable. So uh, and a little Prozac thrown in there helped, too. But the thing is, is that I do think that hormones make women more emotional and less rational to a degree. And it varies. But the thing is, it's like that is seen as a weakness. That's not that's seen as like why women can't do certain things. But yet men are sort of applauded for being aggressive. Why aren't we saying that? Why do we value we value aggression? Is that it? Ooh, now I'm thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That sounds right. Yeah, I haven't really thought about it before. Yeah, because. See, we're, we're, we're still evolving, I think, from an agricultural society to a service-oriented society. So let me tell you something. A hundred years ago, or certainly 150 years ago, I would have wanted an alpha male. I probably wouldn't have gotten one, but that's what I would have wanted. I would have wanted the big, fucking, strong, loud, aggressive, obnoxious guy. Not you, Phil. You're nice. So... I think that, although you can be aggressive, let's put it that way. Well, never mind. <laughs> so my shrink just called. That was who called the phone, by the way. 
So anyway, um, but the point I'm making is that men, uh, being an aggressive male was a very, very valuable thing, much more valuable than being a woman. Farmers want boys, not girls. I get it. But now we're in this situation where we're changing and actually women have a lot of valuable skills like um, cooperation and reading emotions. Most of us are good at it. You guys are not. Nope. <laughs> uh, but things like that. And so uh, we're, that's, what's cha- that's what's changing. But we have to understand. We have to. That's what I'm saying, folks. We're not talking about male aggression that it's something that we have to have to acknowledge Mm -hmm. and decide what we think about it i think the bottom line is there's a lot going on right now a lot's changing and i think that we need to be uh generous and forgiving with each other that we're all still figuring it out even if you don't like what someone's saying they're just figuring it out yeah i agree i agree and that's why i got upset with you charlotte i didn't mean to get upset that when you jumped on me, I didn't about, mean to. No, no, but that's okay because that's how you felt. I want to understand that. I made you mad. I mean, I did. That's okay. <laughs> I, you didn't. It's okay. I, no, no, I'm allowed. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. So, but that it pushed it pushed something, and I get that. I mean, I I I'm curious. I mean, we're this is what we're supposed to talk Yay. about. I, I'm here to push you. I'm here to upset you. So what happened there? What happened? What was your feeling? What was my feeling? Wait, um, I, I just think there are so many conversations to be had about the, you know, the different interactions between the different genders and the, you know, the blurring of the line of, you know, scare quotes, what makes a man and what makes a woman. And, you know, I'm in theater. I am in literature. I'm in history. I'm all over the place. And, you know, my specialty is dead white men. <laughs> dead white men who do terrible things, apparently. And so all of that said, I'm always thinking about this. And it's interesting to me, especially when the line blurs when, you know, non-binary. Charlotte, I'm asking you how you felt. Did you feel that I, because did you feel like, because um, it, it rang a bell for you personally. And, and I'm just trying to say, did it feel like you felt protective about people who are gender fluid, that they're not acknowledged enough? That's what I want to know. Oh, I absolutely feel that way. So tell me about that. Just say that. I just think, you know, we need to have more conversations about where people who are not cisgender uh, cisgender means you identify as the gender you're assigned at birth to those who do not know who are listening that's what it means and i think they need to be part of the conversation too i agree i i agree but it's i don't know do you know what i mean holly do you know what i mean let's i'm i'm trying to make this as awkward as possible uh yeah i think i think i know what both it, of you. i mean i felt a little i'm not this is not personal at all to anybody i'm just trying to have this conversation because it happens a lot with me i'm not you're not the first person <laughs> i had to have a whole talk with my lovely friend mitchell about how i how i should refer to him as a female and why that and you know and that to let him know like we have trust and he knows that i love him and care about him i may not just he you know just wants now wants me to refer to him as her he wants me to refer to him as refer to her as a her so i but i i yeah so do you know what i'm saying i think so yeah Mm -hmm. but it pushes people's buttons 
I think we all have things that we care very passionately about. And I think gender and sexuality is so personal and intimate and they, they really touch something at the core of who you are. And it's easy mm-hmm. to get confused between talking about the subject and talking about the person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, before, uh, I, I, I want to switch topics a little bit because I want to know, uh, Holly, you, what, one of the things that I want, we all want, we, the three <laughs> of us here, besides the fact that we can't fucking figure out what, <laughs> what, who's male or female or what good it is anyway, uh, besides that, uh, I want us to talk about the char- there's a charity that you're involved with, Holly, right? Let's yes. talk about that. Um, well, it's called Bringing Up the House, and it's fantastic. It's a relatively new charity, but basically they're focused on enriching people's lives in a complete way. Uh, they are building tiny houses for people who are homeless. They uh, Obviously, there are, there are shelters and programs like that that are already established, and they're very useful and very necessary. But uh, what Bringing Up the House is doing is focusing on much more of a long-term solution. Uh, We feel that there are so many people uh, in the system moving around from place to place, they can get lost. We really want to focus on individuals, um, individuals that have a pet, actually. Uh, And Mm. we're going to, we we build a house for them. And we also enrich, you know, the wider world Mm -hmm. uh, by sponsoring art like this. And some of the money that uh there's t- tickets are twelve dollars and some of the money's going to go to that yeah 50 percent right? goes to 50 percent wow mm-hmm. so how did you get involved with this group and how do you have time to, like charlotte how does she have time for this she astounds me in the best ways like every day how do you have time for this um you know when it's what you love then you just make time i'm often up until three in the morning and then half at seven Oh no, sleeping! Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like you're like Trump. He doesn't oh. need to sleep either. And I Teaching don't. Wife, or either. or Martha Stewart or any of those people. They don't need to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's your passion? Where's where where do? What about you? It makes you know. Where does that passion come from? Oof, that's <laughs> you guys. You guys are so intellectual. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> Thank you. We could talk about Shakespeare here all day. But my favorite topic. (laughs) (laughs) No, take your time and tell me to shut up. You know, it's fine because all the other guests do. Well, I there's just so many answers to that question. In a way, it comes from my mom, who is the most amazing woman I've ever met and Mm -hmm. has always, always supported me, always Mm -hmm. enabled me to do wonderful things like this. But does she did did you ever have? Did you ever know anybody who was homeless or are you interested in housing or what, what, like, what about that? Um, yeah, I've, uh, um, I know someone that used to be homeless. I often talk to the homeless on the, on the streets. I'll do that thing where, you know, you ask if you want me to buy them a sandwich or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, So you do that. I do do that. Yeah. Yeah. And you do that too, Charlotte. I should Um, start doing that. Everyone deserves love and compassion. And how are they? We should promote doing that. How are they when you ask them that? They are grateful? Oh, Almost all of them are grateful, yeah. Some of them actually say, you know, no, I, no thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and you can so, have very interesting conversations. So you're sen- sensitive, but are you, so are you learning from them? Is that it? Or are you interested in homeless people because of their experiences or what they have to say? Or, or is it the interest in home? 
what are you what i'm trying to make this connection here why am i working with this charity yeah this particular charity honestly and my mom actually might kill me for saying this but i'm not all that interested in homelessness as a topic Mm -hmm. what i'm interested in is real change this is I believe in this group of people. I think this group of people have made realistic goals. They can reach those goals. And that's what matters to me. You know, if it was um, curing cancer or something, if they had a goal plan that I believed they could do, then I would join them. Wow, that's fascinating. I am so really ha- into efficiency. So have you been, no wonder you get so much done. Have you been uh, involved with other charities that have been less productive? Um, Or what, what? Yeah, to is a it the management extent. of the charity? It's the very unique goal that they have. That mm-hmm. they're they're going to build a house. They're going to support one family mm-hmm. and a pet into the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that kind of change is very possible. Mm-hmm. I've been involved with uh, charities. Yeah, like um, in this, England, mm-hmm. they um, there's a charity that sells used books. I used to um, volunteer there. It was lovely, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I didn't see the immediate personal mm-hmm. change that I wanted to see. Do you actually get involved with building the houses um, or meeting the people getting the houses or any of that? Well, that's a long way off for me. I have um, been involved with um, the architect d- designing this house that we're mm-hmm. working on now. Um, and he's fascinating. That's been really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's the connection between being a director and... And this, do you think there's a connection? Oh, definitely. What I is think, that? I mean, it's it's a genuine love of people. That's why I want change. That's why I want to help. Because each individual that I meet is just so amazing to me. I want to know their life story. I want to be involved in their story. I want to know what they think. And that applies just as much to directing as it does to to charity in this building houses. Mm. And it's that same attitude and I I love of everybody that is why I act and why I write. So they all connect. Mm -hmm. The acting and and writing and just loving, you know, telling Mm -hmm. people stories. Everyone is a story. Everyone is a person Mm -hmm. worthy of love. Mm -hmm. And I I just love people. I Mm -hmm. get really excited whenever I talk about people. Mm -hmm. And where where do you get most of your inspiration from, Charlotte? What people? Oh, I... Is it people you know or people you meet? I... Well, you, you know, once you meet someone, then you know them. Mm-hmm. And I... Well, that's not true for me. For me, it is. I like knowing every... I love meeting everybody. You feel everybody. like you know them right... Not me. I Unless I ask them a bunch of probing, obnoxious questions, I don't know them at all. I just like making friends. <laughs> that's great. I really like making friends. That's so good. <laughs> I get so excited when I talk about people because people are the best. Like they do terrible things, but people do such good, beautiful, wonderful, amazing things anyway. And they dream and their dreams can come true. And oh my, oh shucks. I just really like people. That's so awesome. So can I ask you about, so since we're on this, uh, we got uh, eight minutes left and I want to just, just so we get the full picture background, I want to ask you both about your relationships with your fathers so that we can like know where you're coming from. Can we do that? I love my dad. Me too. Okay. So what was your relationship with your dad growing up like? Uh, Well, he's great, but like me, we're both very introverted. So most of the time, we would spend time doing activities together. We would sail on the weekends every summer together. and that's, Just you and him? Yep, just me and him. Um, and that's Did you have brothers or sisters? No. Well, I had a cousin. You're an only child? 
Yeah, I had a cousin that lived with us for a while, so he's very much like a brother to me. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we've started to brew cider and beer together, mm-hmm. and that's fun. I we like, like having projects to do together. Where do they live? Do they still live in the UK? No, actually, they live just outside of Boston. Oh, so you moved to America with them? Yeah, yeah I moved when I was They didn't young. just leave you? <laughs> well, I was two when I came to America, oh. so no. Oh, but they, everybody talks in that accent at home, that lovely accent, mm-hmm. right? And how about you, Charlotte? What kind of relationship? What did your dad do? One more second. Oh, um, my dad builds, um, he's a database art- architect for mm-hmm. Fidelity. Mm-hmm. And did your parents get along well? Yeah, they're very happily married. Mm-hmm. And I you have a boyfriend? Be, yeah, I do. How long have you been in a relationship? Uh, coming up on two years. Mm-hmm. But my parents have a great relationship. I, I aspire to be like them. Wow. That's great. How's your relationship with your boyfriend? Fantastic. He's he's great. Is he in the theater? Nope. Um, he also works with computers. Oh. Mm-hmm. Do you guys live together? Not yet. We're going to be moving in together um, probably in November. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sounding. Uh, you're set. That's a good. You have a good example. I, I'm I'm putting money on on that relationship. I think that could work. Yeah, I think, I think he's the one. Work. Whoa. <laughs> Are we going to, we going to have a wedding? Aw. So, Charlotte, what about your dad? Uh, my dad adopted me when I was four. Mm-hmm. He married my mom and adopted me. And I, he and I are very, very close. Your parents adopted you. Oh, my, I, my mom had me. And then my, she married my dad oh. and my dad adopted me. That's how I have the amazing oh. last name. Oh. So I always joke, he picked me, which means he loves me the most. Um. But I'm very close with my dad. I call him Abba, which is Hebrew for father. Uh And it's a much deeper word than just dad. It means a lot of things. It's kind of like a very spiritual Uh um, word for father as well. Uh And, you know, I have, you know, my days with my mom, my evenings with my dad because they sell and service sobs, the best car in the world. Oh, sobs. Yeah. Free sob here today. Oh, I wish. Are we making a plug for sobs, maybe? I love sobs. I think we made a plug for (laughs) sobs. I'm going to try and get some money for that. (laughs) They should, the sob dealers, you should donate money to the station. We're giving you a shout out. You can afford it. Revive Sob 2K18. What's, oh, never mind. We don't need to talk about cars. So your your parents own a, like a dealership? Uh, they uh, they have an independent uh, service shop. Saab mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. doing so well these days. It's closed, mm-hmm. but they, they're still going. They're still trucking. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's in Santa Fe and needs to get a Saab fix. Do you yeah. brothers or sisters? Nope, just me. So That's why uh, I have such a lively personality. Uh-huh. And how long... Uh, when did you how old were you when did your dad adopt you i was like four i wasn't uh, even four so you barely remember life but without him oh he was he was and always he's, there he's really great he's huge influence oh yeah he has moved me to college moved me out of college you, out of grad school and your parents get along well oh they love each other oh jesus got such well-adjusted <laughs> people here today yeah. we have and a now- dog her name is olive she's a little four pound bolognese and she's my replacement the Bolognese is the Italian cousin of the Bichon, but I really just think it's a pretentious name for a Bichon. Or a Maltese, one of those little white fluffy dogs, and they might love her more than me, though. So there's some tension. Charlotte, have you met 
uh, Holly's boyfriend. Have you seen Holly and her boyfriend together? I yet? have not. Really? I'm really curious about it. What do is you think? Is he coming? He's probably cute. Yeah, he'll definitely be there. Oh, show. then I'll meet him. Oh, okay. Maybe he's you can great, call me. Actually, he has really interesting thoughts about gender and everything. Really? Uh, he's not afraid to tap into his feminine side. He's got um bright blue hair that's dyed. He he loves fashion. He's got gold boots. He's, oh wow! He's an amazing man. Wow! Wow! And Where my dad's great boots? too. I want those boots. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm excited. I, I want to. Where where you guys are rehearsing tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Sunday. 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 Monday. Uh, Monday. Monday. So that's when you'll meet him. No, I'll probably meet him at the show. Mm-hmm. Did you know? Did you know that? Uh, did you learn anything, uh, Holly? Did you learn anything about Charlotte today? Yeah, I learned What'd a you lot. Learn? What'd you learn? Honestly, pretty much everything. <laughs> I've only met her <laughs> twice before. Really? Only good things, I hope. Um, yeah. So you feel like you know her a lot better? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you think it's going to affect the way you direct her? I think it's going to make it better, easier. Yeah. yeah. You don't think you're going to like make her do like harder falls or something <laughs> like that? I'm already falling on my knees. I'm already getting dragged mm-hmm. in. It's not much. There's not much else for me to land on. And, and how, about, how about you, Charlotte? What did you learn about Holly today that surprised you? Is well, there anything you learned in particular? Holly's always been a delight for the past well, few days. Yeah, but what have I learned? I don't know. You have a sense of her in a way that you didn't before. Did she know? Did you know she had a well-dressed boyfriend? I knew she had a boyfriend. Didn't know he yeah. was as well-dressed as he is, and I love that. But no, I think I know her better. I think mm-hmm. you know I'm an open book, so you know. It's yeah. definitely easier to direct people that you know better. You get a sense of them. Oh uh, yeah, because you have to develop trust with your actors and mm-hmm. directors. Is that hard? I mean, it's got to be right. I think so. I, I mean, really you, try and take care of my actors, but a lot of things goes into whether they trust me or not. Like, um, am I good for my word? Am I organized? Am I on time? Like, I have to be really responsible for them to trust me like that. Yeah, but also um, you're making a lot of aesthetic decisions. I know that you guys wouldn't, this is a big job and you wouldn't be here doing it together if you hadn't, full, you know, trusted each other. But you know, trust is interesting because we all have weaknesses and a lot of trust is understanding that person's weakness, mm-hmm. even when they don't know what it is. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. So it's hard to like, but I don't know how much I don't do do like Shakespeare. So I don't know how much trust there is. I guess most of it comes down to trust in yourself and know you'll be able to do a mm-hmm. great job. I love you guys. Oh, thank and you. I am so thrilled that yeah. you're here today and. I want to remind everybody to donate money to Radio Free Brooklyn and keep listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit every Thursday, live 2 to 3. You also must go to see um, this show, The Will to Fight Women in Shakespeare, at the Unruly Collective on March 3rd. It opens 200 Cooper Street. Go to the Unruly Collective. Buy your tickets now because there's not going to be a lot of tickets and you're not going to get to see it and then you're going to be fucked in the meantime i want to also give a big shout out to the show that's following this uh which is elan elan danziger show lost and rewound it's really really fun there's really good music there's good guests and uh and it's part of radio free 